0: What's up Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast hosted by yours truly Eve Gigi where we talk all things health related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information as well as hopefully clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve, Gigi, and Dr.
1: West Hendricks,
0: where we talk all things health related. We're gonna talk about all sorts of health information as well as all sorts of terrible health misinformation. I think we're gonna get a lot of it today because we have Rachel Ray Barnett. And Rachel, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and you know, give us a little intro real quick. Yeah. So I'm a personal trainer and a health coach. I
2: do a lot of work with women predominantly. I still work with males, but I get a lot of women who come to me just burned out. You know, it's a lot of what we're seeing today in this industry, in this field is overtraining, under eating, doing cuts for six months to 12 months to two years and never really learning how to take care of their bodies. So I really work with women on how to eat more food how to enjoy eating the food, you know, especially a lot of women who've had eating disorders in the past, they have that fear with food. And we look at how do we actually heal the thyroid? How do we heal the metabolism? Get it functioning properly again. And then I work on body image stuff as well. So I got my master's in communication from the College of Charleston, where I studied women's body image issues my entire time there. So they were really cool to let me actually just focus on that concentration and did a lot of qualitative research my entire time interviewing, focusing with women on where their body image issues are stemming from and what exactly body image means. What does appearance mean? What does beauty mean? All those different things.
0: Oh, it's all sorts of stuff we can get into. How (laughs) How did you get into that kind of, you know, kind of work? Like focusing clearly on, obviously you've done exercise science, health, like personal training, right? But like what made you want to focus on specifically the kind of body image and, you know, female Strength, empowerment, whatever. Like what what Yeah, so I grew up, I played college soccer and I played soccer my entire
2: life. And I had an eating disorder about the age of 16 up all the way through college. So I was division one, played at NC State in Cincinnati, had the serious issues, fell in love in the weight room. That's where I healthily like learned to put on healthy weight again. Mm-hmm. And just fell in love with that side of things. And then once I left, I went over to Belmont as a strength and conditioning graduate assistant coach. And started just seeing it everywhere with every female athlete that I was working with. Then I ended up at a gym in Nashville, Tennessee as well called Hotbox Fitness. Same thing. Women coming to me unhappy. How do I get past this? I can't find this piece in my body. And so when I left fitness, I went overseas for a couple of years, did missions work, came back and kind of just sat there with my advisor and was like, I just want to study image issues with women. And she was like, you can do that. And I was sure. like, what? Didn't know. So that kind of just fell into that because it's all I repetitively was seeing everywhere. You know, when I was living in Africa, I saw the issues with women. When I was living in India and in Asia, I saw these issues with women. And it started just being this flag that no matter where we are right now, culture and other things, you know, there's three prominent issues that stem for people when it comes to image issues, but I, I saw it everywhere. And so it was one of those where I was like, this is what I want to concentrate on. This is what I want to focus on.
0: Okay, so let's peel back. So you're in college and you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not very f- familiar. So forgive me. But like, what did you see? Like, what are the body images? You see? like really spell that out for me as well, you know, because I couldn't identify that. I mean, I, I guess I get it conceptually, mm-hmm. right? But I want to really understand it. So.
2: Yeah. And so it's, it's easier for me to look back and recognize it now too, after studying it. So a lot of image issues you're going to see is women avoiding social interactions. So they don't actually want to go out with their friends. They don't want to go to dinner. And you know, I've heard all of these in my like my interviews as well. Women constantly after they eat a big meal, it's called fat talk, theoretically. But they eat a large meal and they're like, "Oh my god, I feel so fat now. I sure, shouldn't have done that." Yeah. You know, triggers like that. Triggers where women are counting their calories obsessively and in the gym, overtraining, thinking that they've got to run thirty miles, thinking that they've got to work out two times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, women recognizing that they identify their worth with their body. And so having that poor confidence, all those different issues from females trying to
0: find acceptance in
2: their body when they should be looking in other places.
0: That makes sense, right? So they're basically living and dying by how other people view them, if they're skinny or if they're fit, as opposed to more introspectively, like I feel confident or I feel com- you know, confident myself and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's a lot of perspective. Right. So like, let's give me an example. So like if there's a college, somebody who's in college, how could they self-identify? What are some of the traits or some of the behaviors that somebody has this issue and they would need to work on it? What kind of behaviors do they have? It's like a
2: so many different options because when you're looking at body image, it is so multifaceted, right? You've got people, it's so much more than just, do I like my body? Do I not like my body? we're looking at how do you perceive, how do you feel and how do you think about your actual embodiment? And so, yeah, someone can come to me and be like, I don't like my abs. I don't like my body. And I'm like, well, what are you perceiving? You know, like, let's put a mirror in front of you. Are you actually seeing what you're seeing in the mirror or are you seeing what you're perceiving other people are thinking of you? Right? So there's so many different markers right now for women to experience this negative body image or body dissatisfaction, as we call it in like an academic world. Mm -hmm. But it, a lot of times you're just seeing people who are getting caught up in their clothes, their food, how they feel, what their actual body does look like. And they can't make that transition to focusing on, well, what can my body actually do? Right. They're so focused on just aesthetics only that they're forgetting. There's so much more to our embodiment beyond just what it looks like.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Like, As opposed to just the superficial aspect, you can also say, hey, I'm able to do a handstand, right? I'm able to do a heavy squat. I'm able to run and focus on the performance aspect as opposed to the superficial, like I have a six pack, right? Or, I mean, for us, we kind of do the same thing because people come in and they're focused purely on their pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Get me out of pain. That's that's all that matters. We're like, well, maybe we don't need to focus on your pain. Let's focus on all the things you aren't physically able to do and let's improve those, like some of your weaknesses and work on them. Don't even think about your pain. And all of a sudden, their pain kind of goes away. Right. Mm -hmm. So, shifting focus, right, from one thing to something that is a little more objective as opposed to like, right, it's so subjective, right? Yep. It's the cliche is right. Beauty is the eye of the beholder, right? So, if you can focus on the performance aspect, then. Right. Yeah. And there's,
2: and there's things past the performance too, you know, recognizing your character, what do you have to offer? Because it's, there's so much more, we have to take our eyes off of our bodies. We're so focused on just what our bodies can do and what they look like. We forget who we are outside of fitness and health. And that's a lot of issues I have with all my clients. They're so focused on gym is life or athletics is life. And I'm like, cool. What about your kids? What about your husband, your wife? What about your best friends? Like, what about that trip you wanted to go take to Australia? Like, there's so much more that people are missing out on Mm -hmm. because they're so consumed and focused on their body. You know, we're forgetting we can read books, we can study. There's so much more to us and people are just overly concentrating. I think the research right now is showing that women or and men, because this is a, this is a multi-gender issue. I just predominantly study females, but Most people can't go an hour without having some negative thought toward their body today. And so if you're consumed that much throughout a day, thinking about anything, and this is anything related, like, oh, my jeans are fitting too tight. Oh, I'm bloated after that meal. Just all these small minuscule thoughts that really add up over time because they're creating a new narrative for you. Mm -hmm. So these are now your own reality because, you know, within communication, we create our own realities. So you've created this new reality that your body is a disservice to you instead of the other way around. And so what we're seeing is people are just so overly consumed, they're missing out on 75% of their
0: life because they're so, like you said, focused Mm -hmm. on the pain or the what's wrong. Right, right. I picture it like adding like a one more chain to like a link and it just keeps weighing you down more and more as you keep doing that self-talk like Mm -hmm. once a month, year to year. I mean, it's, it's a challenge though right like even even for me like when you eat kind of healthy and eat well you feel healthy and you want to feel healthy all the time and it's kind of what this podcast is all about right like yep. what is being healthy and what is that really in bottom in body you know what I mean like I remember doing it's like a random fact but I was doing like yoga one day and I was like at the towards the end or maybe the middle of like a whole 30 and like it was like there's like this moment I was like man my body feels like Tremendous right now. Like, I don't feel self conscious about it, like, whatever. And like, having those moments, I'm sure pretty, some people may not even ever experience those mm-hmm. kind of moments, right? But they like feel like, man, I'm just really confident in how I look and how I feel. And this is great. And I want to kind of hold on to that moment. And that's probably what you're trying to get people to, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's people who probably work out all the time, eat very well or very strict or whatever, but just never, like, maybe don't figure out the why or don't ever get to feel that feeling, which probably sucks.
2: That why is so important for people. They don't even realize it. Like they're chasing abs. And I always ask clients when they come to me, because my clients tell me they're um, in our initial consult, what are your top three goals? And there's always aesthetics in there somewhere usually, except I get I do get a lot of women that are just like, I just want to feel better. Yeah. I just want to poop normal. And I'm like, we can do that. Sure. But we forget that health and fitness is mental. You know, we've kind of just put that to the side and I'll get clients all the time. And I'm like, so tell me about your self-talk you know, in my weekly check-ins, we talk about self-talk. Mm-hmm. I'm like on a scale from like A to F, how would you grade yourself? And they're like, C minus. Mm-hmm. I was an asshole to myself. Can I kiss on here? Sorry. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, sure I'm like, you want. <laughs> um, yeah. but they're just continuously beating themselves down. Yeah. Like I had one client last week, shoot me a text message of her in a dress. And she was like, I bought this four months ago and I was never comfortable enough to wear it yep. until now. And you know it we've changed her diet some. Yeah. And we're working on her thyroid. So like there is some aesthetic shift that's happening, but for the most part, it was just, she stopped being an ass to herself. Mm -hmm. She caught the corrective. You know, a lot of times people, what I tell clients all the time is I'm like, you didn't start hating yourself overnight. You're not going to start liking yourself overnight. So it's that hard work of choosing statements, choosing truths to actually speak over ourselves that we see manifest over time.
0: Right. Like you said, we were talking a little bit before this and like it takes a minimum, right, of six months. I got to make a six month commitment yep. to this process, which I think Wes and I talk a lot about this, like when accessory work or like a CrossFitter is trying to move a little bit better or patients that come in to see us. It's like, hey, my Achilles tendon is tight. Like I need a squat better. So, All right. Well, like if we can get one degree of change a week or a month, we're on the high end here. Yep. So like this is going to be a six month process for you to fix your squat and be more upright or, So like, Decrease your knee pain or change some of these movement patterns. Like, that's what it's going to take, man. So yeah. It's, it's, nobody's willing to. Yeah. yeah. Right? You know how many people message me they want to get handstands,
1: but I'm just like, oh, you, you don't want a handstand because you don't know how much time you're right. going to have to put in. You don't even know like, what you want, bro. How long it's going to be like. <laughs> you're like, on the negative end of the spectrum, and I'm not a cheerleader by any means. Sure. Um, but realistic at the same time, I mean, it's yeah just yeah. Two. Well, Maybe two. I don't know. Yeah. I noticed that you botched the intro, by the way. I just want to point that out. There was a stutter in there. <laughs> oh, dang it. Yeah, so I, I wasn't going to congratulate you. Uh, <laughs> there's two two things I'm curious about, two totally different questions here, but I know we get distracted, so I want to bring them up now. So first is, um, I'm really curious about your process from when you were 16, having the eating disorder, mm-hmm. um, what that journey looked like, and kind of like what, what the, um, like how you, how you dealt with it and all that. Like, I'm curious how you got from there to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one, totally unrelated, you keep bringing up thyroid and I'm curious how with your remote clients or your, yep. your people you work with, what you're using as your markers, what you're using to track it, whether it's, you know, temperature, resting heart rate, uh, tracking that stuff throughout All the, of the above. day. Okay. So I'm just curious yeah. if like, we can have people like, w- how do we start figuring out if we have thyroid, uh, dysfunction, but like, we'll push that off to the side. Cause I'm more curious about like your background here first.
0: Cool. Yeah. So
2: I would say typical girl that I just, so, okay, let me just start with this. So research shows that body image issues and eating disorders come from three main areas. They're going to come from media, family, and peers. And so what we're looking at, obviously media, the self objectification theory, obviously when you look at any kind of media today, there's women's bodies plastered everywhere. You know, especially in a sexual way, it's just everywhere. And we've got Instagram today, we've got Facebook that's there, but not as much. Uh, what else is there? Snapchat, all these different things where people's bodies are constantly being objectified. And so when culture agrees with that, we create this perception of what an ideal image body should look like, right? So we grew up, some women develop it from their families. I did not. Mine came from the social aspect of friends where I saw I got I'm five nine now and you know I'm a tall girl. I hit 58 by the time I was like I think 16. So I outgrew everybody real quick and just names not that friends meant to do these things to me, but just being called Amazon woman at the age of 14. You know, that can really... That's mean. a compliment now. It's then, a compliment now. I'm like, fuck like, yeah. 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 But at 14, I was like, why are all my friends yeah. getting attention? And guys are calling me Amazon woman. Yeah. You know, and I was just bigger and I was working out. I was lifting, you know, I was playing soccer and I was playing soccer at the state level. I was lifting weights. So it was just kind of one of those, like, why don't I fit in with the girls that are getting attention? Sure. And so for me, it was like, oh, well, they're mm-hmm. all skinny. And for me, it was, okay. I have a control because eating disorders control issues, you know, and that was something I could control. So I just completely did a very unhealthy search. Like most females do and just cut calories. And unfortunately it was in those vital years of hormone production, ovulation, getting my menstrual cycle optimal as mm-hmm. we should be, you know, right. 16 to, I mean, even 14 for some people, just depending on where it is. And so It just kind of took over. And I remember I was talking to a client the other night. She asked me like, well, when did you know it was bad? And I was like, I remember before going to college because I played at NC State and my mother walking into my bedroom and being like, if you don't get healthier, you can't go play division one soccer. And I'm five, nine. And I played at NC State at like, I think I walked in my freshman year at 130 pounds. Oh, and yes. So, and I'm currently at like a solid 170,
1: Right.
2: Right. And so I was tiny. And then I think we got me up to like 140. And that was when I was like, don't you dare make the scale go up anymore, right? Because we have that obsession. And so it was hard. I had to see counselors. I had to see a psychiatrist and a psychologist at one point. It was a really dark time in my life. They wanted to pump me with sleeping medication. They wanted to pump me with bipolar medication. They wanted, I was on Adderall. So it was just this beautiful, and I don't mean beautiful, concoction of psychotics that they're like, here you go. Take it and please perform well.
0: Yeah.
2: And
0: that just makes me so mad. And that's part of what we, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're just an alternative. And I think you're, you're tackling that. It's just, yep. Let's just throw as many pharmaceuticals as we can, at every single problem that's out there and just pray for the best. Yep. And just pretend there's not side effects. And I'll or tell anything you anything interacting or we're not even, who cares that we're not even addressing the actual issue. Yep. And nobody wants to put that And I'll tell you what, it answer.
2: messed me up. I did not know who I was. It was probably the darkest time of my life. And so I I was in a really bad relationship at the point too. And so I just transferred schools. I went in got my release, transferred out to Cincinnati, played at Cincinnati after that and saw a really good counselor there. And so it was something that was constantly being worked on when I was in college and it was always there though. And I hate the lie. There's this phrase that people say all the time, and you guys have probably heard it. Once you have an eating disorder, you always have an eating disorder.
1: I was going to actually ask that. that and actually, I don't yeah. believe in
2: that. Yeah. I do. I absolutely do not believe in that okay. because that is taking, it's taking redemption out of the picture. Yeah. It's like saying once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. You know, it's not true because yes, while some eating disorders can be genetic, There are, there is research showing that a lot of it also isn't, you know, eating disorders manifest from different places. And so a lot of it for me was going through this whole process of learning to love my body, learning that food isn't bad. Instead of looking at food as calories, I started looking at food as what does it do for my body? What are these nutrients and all of this stuff? And then I went and lived overseas for two years. Still struggled with it, you know, especially when you're used to eating so well in America and then like you're thrown in Africa and they're like, here's rice and beans. And you're like, "What? The? why, why? So, and you watch your body change. You, you know, it's carb, carb heavy when you're doing that. And I wasn't working out and just watched my body change, got back. This is like the longest story ever. Got back, no, keep going. got back, got diagnosed. So I, okay. Did that. Went and lived in Spain for six months. Okay. Textbook hypothyroidism.
1: Okay.
2: Hair started falling out, final third of the eyebrows started falling out. Weight came on really heavy. Didn't have a period when I did have a period, it was super super heavy and super long. Um insulin resistance like crazy, PCOS coming in, and I was like, "All right, something's not right." So I got back from Spain, went to probably I had four doctors at first and they were all like your blood work's fine. And then I was like, "All right, I'm going to research this." So I started really delving into metabolism, thyroid health, Gut health. Or de-
0: doctors. I'm sorry. I just like sometimes I just gotta stop. Yeah. It's just that focus of like,
1: like how long did it take you to figure out via googling and researching it that you had a thyroid issue?
2: I knew before I went to the doctors that I had a thyroid issue. Yeah. I just needed someone to verify yeah. it.
0: Yeah. You figured go somewhere trusted, be like, they can yeah. Tell me what's going on. And, and so you basically, you're fine. Because yeah. 80% of people probably have that issue. And so 80, like and, and so it's what's happening. That's how
2: the clients are coming to me. They're like, Oh, my doctor said my TSH is fine, which obviously you guys both know TSH is not enough to look at thyroid, but it is a very good factor in hypothyroidism. My TSH was at like 4.9, okay. which ideally for optimal levels for females, we're looking at like 0.5 to three. And I was like, well, that's, I need to take this to someone who can dig deeper because everyone would be like, no, you're an optimal. We're not running more lab work. Yeah. And I'm like, why won't you run? I'm literally, like, my insurance is paying for it. Yeah. And if they don't, I will pay out of pocket. So I, at the time was living. But
0: they don't understand it. That's why. No, that's why. It. They don't yeah. interpret the results. No. That's and kind of so
2: I went to Atlanta to find a specialist. He ran everything. He ran the TPO, the TGO, the T3, the free T4, the free T3, the reverse T3, the TSH, everything. And
1: what was he specifically?
2: He was an endocrinologist. Okay. Okay. And so... Finally, someone who understood, we did fasting blood level glucose, we okay. did cortisol, yeah. we did everything. And he was like, Your like your antibodies are through the roof. Yeah. Our RT3 was skyrocketed. You know, T4 production was minimal. T three reverse, I um, our free T three and free T four were just minimal, if anything. So I was like, Cool, let's figure out what this means. And he was like, Here's medication, have a great life. Don't eat carbs, have a great life. Yeah. Basically, that's what he said. He said, Don't eat carbs here's levothyroxine have a good life okay. and i said whoa not trying to be on medication for the rest of my life and like i not, not even
0: like throw out like hey let's change your diet let's work on de-stressing." that was 2015 2014
2: 2014 so it's 2018 and i'm 29 so i was 25
0: 25 okay, okay. Yeah, not, And they, that's what they, they see a 25 year old, they're like, you're fine. Get out of my, and like, yeah, yeah. just do this. And just not like, why can't we just address, um, the basics? Like, I'll just give you an example of this. Mm-hmm. And like, um, we'll just say this is, was a friend and they took their son because he was having some like reflux kind of issues. Mm-hmm. And First thing, let's put them on some anti sort of anti acidic yep. kind of thing. Which, when you dig into it more, actually makes things worse. Worse. Yeah. Yep. You know, don't even give me the option of saying, "Hey, like, of course they said you know avoid acidic foods, but let's just try it. Like, give me a strict diet. I'm willing to put the work in. Like, you know, um, it's it drives me bananas.
2: Yep. So I got that, and I started just digging research. Like I. I was living with my parents at the time and I was like, well, all I'm doing is bartending and I'm going to research everything I can. So I just started getting deep in it. And when I really started focusing on healing, my body is when I found that I was healing my eating disorder too, okay. because then I recognized a, I've been a monster to myself. Like my body's been through the ringer and B, if you want to get anywhere in life, you've got to find that peace with yourself. You've got to enjoy food like that's literally part of functioning as a human. Mm-hmm. You've got to let go of control of what aesthetically you're going to look like or whatever it is, you know, eating disorders are they stem from different control issues. Everyone's not obsessed with the scale weight. It's It's always a little bit deeper. And but for me, it was just that don't jump above certain like numbers on the scale. And so mine kind of evolved around 25 when it was really like, all right. We're letting this go. It doesn't have control over my life. You know, I did a lot of, I worked on a lot of self-forgiveness. I worked on a lot of forgiving other people too, because I found that, and I do find with other clients that there's always an emotional aspect when it comes to healing, always. And you've got to also go through that process. You know, I can write someone the best health and fitness program ever, but if mentally and emotionally, they're not willing to do that side of the work they're not going to see
0: the results they want to see. Yeah. Definitely and not long-term, right? definitely as not sure long-term it for a month or two. And they're like, yeah, they don't, yep. they don't have that. Why they don't have that overarching theme or bigger picture as to why I'm doing this. They're never, it's never going to last because willpower will only take you so far. Yep. You know, like yep. I can only eat like just, yeah, it just can only be, mean, it's multiple people say, it's like, Oh, I, I can just control it and I'll just will it to this way. And I'm going to eat like this forever. I'm like, no way, man. Yep. Like, you're going to have a moment where you're going to eat a freaking cookie. Like, and that's, you have to be okay with that. And to be honest, I
2: make some of my clients do it because they eat too clean Mm -hmm. for too long. And that's fine. Like if you don't want to eat a cookie, that's fine. You know, I hate right now where people are like, oh my God, if you don't ever want to eat a cookie, you have an eating disorder. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with people who don't want to eat cookies. What's wrong is how we perceive the cookie. So if we're afraid of the cookie, we're giving food power over us. Why are we as humans letting food have power over us? right? And so that comes back to the eating disorder. It went from trashing my body 24-7 to all of a sudden going, I need to heal myself, Mm -hmm. right? And as I was healing the thyroid and the body, I just started to fall in love with health. Mm -hmm. And I started to fall in love with who I was as a person. And I started to bring it all kind of together. And then as, so I took the medication, obviously in the beginning and tapered myself off of it. I get my blabberts checked every three months, usually, or sometimes six months. Everything's always fine. You know, my antibodies are in remission. They're back down to where under 15. So that's great. And it's just one of those through that entire process. I let the eating disorder go.
0: It's just so cool. Like that's a big thing. Like you're doing something big there, right? The hardest part I think is for people who have this challenge, like they don't have any resources. They yep. don't even like begin to understand what's going on with their body. They don't have a place to go where they can get some objectivity and actually get some, you know, cause it's, it's more, just like I said, it's more than just one thing. Like yep. it's multifaceted and like most, and that's the thing I feel like people understand that too, is that the medical world maybe in general isn't equipped to handle that. And that's kind of okay. Right, so when you go to your doctor, you go to the doctor when you, you know, got the flu, you're really sick, you need some, you know, some Medicaid, that makes sense. But like going there to fix your eating disorder is probably not the healthiest thing to do. Like go out and find a resource, kind of like what we do, it's like a cash-based practice. If you have like chronic pain, don't go see a surgeon, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, surgery is not gonna help a chronic, right? Pain issue. Like-, like, it's 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 it takes you know, the mental aspect, it takes the performance aspect, it takes, yes, yeah, some of the actual muscles and joints need to heal as well, but nutrition, now, yeah, nutrition, all that stuff.
2: It's so multifaceted. It's crazy when people are like, I'm in pain 24 seven, like I have fibromyalgia and I'm like, hold on, hold on. Let's
0: not, let's, the five, don't say I'm like, part. I'm like, let's
2: <laughs> look at, let's look at everything going on. Okay. You're doing CrossFit on 1600 calories a day. First off, pain is literally your body just telling you something's wrong. Right. I'm like, it's not the fact that you've broken anything. I'm like, literally, you're trying to do CrossFit on 1,600 calories mm-hmm. a day. No wonder you're in pain. Yeah. Like, let's feed you and then see if pain goes away first. And then let's outsource to go see a chiropractor. Let's outsource to go see a physical therapist. You know, let's do some dry needling. Do all these things and That's put the them together. <laughs> Ignore that. Yeah. Each yeah. of them. Yeah, but... Yeah. I always send people to physical therapists first. So but Me that's <laughs> but that's what you yeah. know people don't recognize there's so much more. They're just like, oh well Betty Joe did sixteen hundred calories of keto in CrossFit, so I should too. And I'm like yeah. So let's, let's
1: talk about <sighs> that. So let's
2: talk about Are we the, doing are we doing thyroid or doing keto? All, all so
1: <laughs> let's talk bit. about like the, employee, the the female CrossFitter who's like a good athlete, yep, probably looks good like with a shirt off, Yep. but feels like crap all the time she's yep. underfed she's probably doing ketogenic probably afraid of carbs um, like what's the process there um, and let's intertwine the, my thyroid question <laughs> and how you would like um you know address that thyroid issue with her and maybe to make it um let, let's get your bulletproof or your bulletproof, uh, your bulletproof, 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 <laughs> bulletproof. bullet list, uh, your, bullet list. Uh, your elevator pitch on the thyroid to a client you know for people that are listening and they're like the hell is a thyroid do i have yeah, a thyroid they
0: hear it all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: and yeah. why is it so why why is the thyroid so important so like but let's keep it very basic, basic? Yeah. okay
2: basic like kindergarten kindergarten all right you have a thyroid and it sits in your throat okay. right yeah. and it basically controls all of your hormones okay. so
1: important
2: so yes. super important yeah. it's basically how i tell people i'm like yeah. you want it to yeah. function properly yeah. right if it's not functioning properly everything else can basically go to the shitter and so what you're going to see is people who are gaining weight. Yeah. They're not shedding properly. Yeah. They're losing hair. Yeah. They're having anxiety issues. And there's two different. There's hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism.
1: Okay.
2: So what you just described was what? Hypo. Okay. Hyper is more of the anxiety. Well, yeah. well both and too, though, because yeah. you can get hair loss with anxiety. You can get weight loss with hyper. Hypo is the gain. Yeah. Um, rapid heart rate and irregular heart rate mm-hmm. is going to be for both, yeah. you know? And for hypothyroidism, I'm seeing a lot of women coming to me. They're not sweating when they're working out. Their skin's cold when they're working out. They don't have a sex drive. Both of their menstrual cycles are going to be out of whack, you know, but this is all just, you could have all of these symptoms or you could have a few of these symptoms. And there's so many more and you don't know unless you go get your blood work done. Mm -hmm. And so... Which direction do we want to take this? So,
1: our CrossFit the girl, I, like my avatar that I just described.
2: Avatar. So, oh, right. So, avatar, we've got a female Hatala. Doesn't matter. Let's say five, 5 seven. Six, let's five six. Let's say five six. Let's
1: okay. say well, five, six. girls, feel like, five six.
2: So yeah. she's five six. She's shredded. Yeah, yeah. I honestly just had a consultation with a chick just like this. So we're gonna yeah, do exactly yeah. what I just your did. Shirt off, with
1: sports bra. Yep. And every workout. Like, yep. Everyone Pain, wants to look like that. It feels like crap. Not sleeping anxiety. through the night.
2: Has no sex drive. Yes. Poor boyfriend. Yeah. Like life is just awful. But she looks good with a six pack, and yeah, yeah. she can squat and she can clean. And gym is life. So here's what's gonna happen. I always ask for a very in detailed intake form and I'm like, all right, what are your macros? And for those of you that don't know, macros are protein, carbs, and fat. They make up your caloric intake. So they're always under eating. They're always typically between 16 and 2000 calories. And I'm like, cool. I'm five, nine. I lift three times a week right now. And my caloric intake is currently 35 to 3,700 calories. I eat more than most grown men. It's fine. Yeah. My coach is really good. So, but I didn't get there overnight, right? And so we're seeing people that are training three to four hours a day. Six days a week. CrossFit, six days a week. CrossFit. Yep. And their hormone, I don't even have to look at blood work and I'm like, their yeah, no yeah. hormone profile is trashed. They're not bleeding every month. They well, for females, not males, uh, obviously. They uh-huh. uh <laughs> obviously, but they just they hate life. And so I'm gonna go, okay, show me your food. They show me their food, and it's like Body weight and protein, obviously, maybe 200 grams of carbs and some like small, ridiculous will get around 65, 70 grams of fat. And I'm like, well, no wonder you hate life. Yeah, yeah. First How off, many
0: people do you think are like you go to a typical box, like just I'm naive. Right. I'm, my my all my friends always tell me I'm just not observant like that. How many people are really like that? Like, I just can't even. A lot. A lot. A lot. So, So it's always always one end of the spectrum. You get the
2: people that are going out to eat, drinking their calories, crashing 4,000 calories on the weekend and fast food and margaritas, or you get the people that are literally starving themselves with 16, 15, 18, like 2,000. Like, I can't even. I'm comfortable saying 2,000 calories for a CrossFitter six days a week is under eating. And so, I get these women. Or men, I get men too, but I get them and I'm like, okay, well, what are your goals? They're like, I want to perform better and have a six pack. And I'm like, cool, not possible. You have goals that are at two ends of the spectrum. You cannot make gains, perform better, PR, all these different Metcons that you're doing and have the aesthetics that you want. They take two different approaches when it comes to nutrition. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, let's look at the females qualifying for regionals this year they're muscular. Yes. They're thick girls. They're not little tiny, like skinny girls walking around. Like they're thick girls. They're also in less than like 0.1% of the genetic population. Right. Right. They have six packs. They have six packs. And so they think, and so I get females who are like, well, she do it. Oh, I can't, I do it. And I'm like, can we talk about health? Like, so what I have to do with them is I think the thyroid is underactive, I'll request blood work automatically. you know. And if they don't have insurance, there's places like Everly, Thorne Research. I do a lot with Thorne and send people there that they do the kind of blood work for like $250, I think, where you can run it, which sometimes you is cheaper than insurance. And, just
0: tell them how it and, and you just can like, go to LabCorp. Yep. I specifically want to do this and just pay them out of pocket for yep. like $150 bucks and then get someone else to interpret it. Yep.
2: And, and then I'll have them send it to me and I'll look at it and I'm like, ooh, RT3's through the roof. like you're stressed AF. Obviously they're going to be, if they're having chronic pain and they're not sleeping through the night, which is another thing too. People think, people think like waking up to use the bathroom or not sleeping straight through the night is normal. And I'm like, it's not normal. Like Mm -hmm. our body should be down regulating the kidneys. When we sleep through the night, we shouldn't be waking up to pee. Mm -hmm. And so there's just all these things I look at when I'm looking at everything. And, I found, I hate saying, I hate the word diet. I hate the word diet so much on a cultural level, but I reverse diet. And I say that in air quotes, a lot of my clients. And so it's easier mentally for them, you know, and there's not a whole lot of research out on reverse dieting right now, you what know? Yeah. So reverse dieting. So chick comes to me, she's eating 1700 calories a day. She's doing CrossFit, right? Hates life, no sex drive, hurts all the time. Yeah. Metcons suck. I'm like, let's say she's not in a strength phase. Let's say she's in a little bit more of anaerobic work. And I'm like, cool. You need more carbs. We're doing anaerobic fitness. We need glycogen. So we're going to slowly over every seven to 10 days, bump her carbohydrate intake up. So let's say she's coming to me. Let's say she's 150 pounds. She's eating 150 P 150 grams of protein. Two hundred grams of carbs and like sixty grams of fat. Do
1: you even get girls eating two hundred grams of carbs? I do get some. Really? Not often. Like they probably think that's high to begin with. They do. So, and that's How much another
0: two hundred grams of carbs. I'm not like I've never weighed. Okay. Up. So, so like, cool. So when we're looking pasta, at food,
2: like... so, I would say a cup of rice is forty grams of carbs. Yeah. So when you're looking at like, I can not even pull up on my phone like what I ate earlier so i had like a
0: piece of fruit coming I mean, like four
2: so i had 60 grams of granola earlier which is two servings which is a servings two-thirds a cup usually yeah. that was f- 38 grams of carbs okay. right so i get females coming to me 200 is
0: a lot for most people like they would
2: for CrossFitters,
0: yeah. no. For your average... like, they're doing it bad. Like, 200 is what it should be, but nobody's ever hitting that 200 because they're
1: Shit,
2: going. 200 is even what it should be. Yeah. Like...
0: For, like a for, a CrossFitter...
2: For a CrossFitter...
1: Like, Owen? Remember Owen? Yeah. That came to us? He was a regional athlete. He's a male. Yeah. But he's eating, like, 600 grams of carbs a day. Right. And yeah. he's got so, an ounce of body fat on him.
2: So I'm not a CrossFitter... And obviously, you can't compare me to other people. Everyone's got their own.
0: N equals one, right? N equals one. N
2: equals one. But my coach, my coach currently has me on 440 grams of net carbs. Okay. I'm not in a fat loss phase. I'm not at all. But what
0: kind of carbs are you eating? I know people. I get them. So I, I do eat. Stay away from fruit. Sweet potatoes only. Man,
2: and that's such an awful piece of advice for people. They're like, stay away from fruit, the sugar and the fructose, and I'm like why are we doing that? There are so many micronutrients that we don't even have names for that exist in fruit, that, the know. fiber, all of that. And people are like, well, I have insulin issues. I have to avoid all carbs and fruit. And I'm like, that's actually not true. <laughs> I'm like, can we look at the hypothalamus? Can we look at all these different hormones in the body? You know, women cut carbs, they get down to 150, 120 grams. And they're like, I've lost my menstrual cycle. And I'm like, no shit. I'm like, you're not eating carbs. Like it's okay if it's periodized. You know, I'm not knocking on a high fat, lower carb diet in time, but it's got to be periodized, right? Yeah. And you've got to introduce the carbs back in for females. And so, and that's when we're looking at, are they having SIBO? Are they having gut issues? And if they are, we'll play with that. And so females usually come to me, the average that I see is like 120 a day. Yeah. And I'm like, you are literally dying, aren't you? Yeah. And so
0: it's paleo, right? paleo and CrossFit. they're all doing
2: paleo and CrossFit. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm so against all these different culture defined names for food right now. Like paleo, keto, whole 30, vegan, vegetarian. I'm like, just fucking eat food. Yeah. I'm like, it's such a community aspect surrounded by it because everyone just like, as humans, we're built for community. We're right. built for each other. And so everyone's we're just, tribe we're tribe culture. So, talking
1: about working out. And so, and no. I don't like to label working
2: out. Right. No. Well, that's another thing. I had a friend the other day tell me, he was like, I'm such a CrossFitter. And I was like, You <laughs> lift weights. I'm like, You literally do powerlifting in Metcons. I was like, It's just fitness. It's just fitness. So people are going to do that
0: no matter what. Yes. Right. Yes. So, you've got to kind of say, All right. So, yes.
2: And so, what I tell people, it's the same thing I approach within. I'm like, I don't view food as bad and good. I'm like, Can we stop labeling shit? I'm like, There's food that is better for you nutritionally and there's food that's not so great for you nutritionally make it work in your diet and your lifestyle and it's okay right. and so i eat a lot of potatoes i know everyone thinks regular potatoes are the end of the world and i'm like they've, they've got been more added
0: to the whole third. oh thank god yeah, have, they? have yeah. they yeah yeah seriously
2: whatever so i eat a lot of potatoes i eat a lot of sweet potatoes um the japanese ones are my favorite i eat a ton of fruit
0: yeah. tons
2: of fruit um when it comes to carbs i eat rice cakes like sue me don't care i love them I, I eat rice. I don't eat a whole lot of rice though because I just get bored. I'm like, mm. and then I eat a ton of vegetables. You know, I hit close to 60 grams of fiber a day. It's kind of easy when you're eating close to 4,000 calories, yeah. but it's it, that's where the, a lot of my carbs come from. And I get clients and they're just like 120 grams of carbs. And I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah. So what do, we, what do we do with that female?
2: Yeah. So what do we do with that female? What we do with that female is.
0: Wes is totally geeking out right now. He loves it. So
2: what we do with that female yeah. is we reverse diet her and it's going to depend on their personality type. Oh. If they have a phobia and a fear of carbs, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go real slow, okay, yeah, right? Because I can't be like,
0: eat I can't be like here, sweet here's
2: 400 grams of carbs on your new diet tomorrow, exactly. because what's going to happen? Panic attack. They're going to have a panic yeah. attack. The scale is going to go up from water weight most likely, yeah. or we could have a hyper responder. So I do refeeds on people and where I jack their carbs way up right. one night. And they'll lose weight the next day. And I'm like, hello, sign your body wants more carbohydrates. Yeah. So, but most of them, I do things very slowly and physiologically. Yes, it works. But psychologically, it's really good because they're like, Hey, I can do this. Yeah. 10 grams, 15 grams of carbs every seven they 10 days. Doing that
0: and suddenly they PR their franchise, right? <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm telling you though, Look. shit happens like that. Like yeah. I give females 25 more grams of carbs and they're like, Oh my God, I slept through the night. Or I tell females to stop doing CrossFit yeah. and to fucking just eat food and sleep. And they're like, oh, my God, I slept through the night. And I'm like, it's oh rocket yeah. science. But it is because that phobia exists. And so what it looks like is she comes to me. Yeah. We I look at everything biofeedback-wise. So I don't look at did you hit your macros and what's your scale say. Mm-hmm. I look at how are you sleeping, how's your energy, how's your gym performance, how's yeah. your recovery. Because I hate that little thing going on where everyone's like, if you're not sore, you're not working hard enough. And I'm like, cool, if you're not, if you're sore, you're not recovering properly. Like you're not supposed to be walking around sore 247. We've got a recovery issue. And so if they're coming to me, they're like, I'm not sore anymore and I'm crushing my workouts and weight's going up. And I'm like, you get more carbs. So I slowly feed them every seven to ten days based off of their feedback. If they're having digestion issues, I'm like, okay, let's look at your intake. What foods are we consuming? Fat. I typically slowly bump that five to ten grams a week, just to kind of get them at a good level, depending on where they're at. So we're taking that CrossFit girl. Yeah. So I had a regionals CrossFit athlete reach out to me last week and getting ready not for this regionals but next regionals, okay. and she's in a period of strength building. Right. That's where they're at. They just trash their hormones in the open.
0: Yeah.
2: Like trash no, it. You love that.
0: You can eat, you know, no. eat so much.
2: So I basically you know looked at her and I looked at her diet, and she's in a building. Repair phase, eating 2,200 calories at 5'7", and like 150 pounds. And I'm like, we're building right now, are we? So for her, it's like, okay, I'm jacking your fat up right now. I'm like, fat and carbs, they're all good for hormone repair, but fat's real good when it comes into this phase that she's at. She's not doing any glycolytic work. She's doing heavy lifting and aerobic fitness. Right? What kind of
0: fat are you getting? Avocados as main. One so
2: predominantly, when I'm looking at females, a I jack up their red meat intake. I'm like, especially if they're not having a good menstrual cycle, I'm like, we are missing so many essential amino acids. You know, lysine is going to be low. All these just different things that they're not getting because they're afraid of red meat. I was going
1: to ask, if females are females typically
2: afraid of red meat? Yep, I get a lot of females that are afraid of red meat, and I give them permission. It's like almost that thing where I'm like. Here, do this for a week and just tell me how it feels. What do they
0: think is going to happen with red meat? Like they're not going to digest it properly. I mean, you hear all these all the myths, all the myths, right?
2: all the myths. It's just all the myths. They think that it's bad for their heart. It's bad for their blood it's pressure. It's bad for the earth. It's yeah. bad for the earth, apparently. Oh, I've heard that one recently. Oh, yeah. uh, which which on a you're,
1: you're a <laughs> <With laughs> yeah. footprint, man. Every piece of red and grass grass fed
0: meat's even worse. It's Fucking, like
2: fucking a come on yeah, what are we all supposed to do it's another one,
0: it's that oh, worse. Yeah. and
2: i'm like shit. can we actually look at the research because it is showing how much better it is for the environment when we're doing grass-fed beef there's i can't remember her name she's a researcher i think her name's sustainable dish on instagram but she's just fighting it's like kale versus cow and she's like plant-based is great yes kale
0: versus cow. yeah yeah yeah.
2: she's like doing something so, called I, kale versus cow and it's like and right. Um, but it's so good. Cause she's like, eat the plants and eat the animals like circle of life. Let's go. It's better for the environment. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at women and I'm like, okay, well we've got to bump up your red meat intake. Yeah. And if they're like, no. And I'm like, then we have to supplement because you are literally lacking in essential vitamins, oh, yeah. you know, and,
0: iron or whatever. Yeah. well, iron
2: and B6, you know, I get a lot of women that come to me and they're like, I'm having anxiety issues all the time. And anxiety is multifaceted. I'm not saying anxiety is solely, Nutrition. There, you know, mental health is a thing. But at the same time, nutrition has a huge part in that. And the predominant majority of people I know that come to me having anxiety issues, they don't eat a lot of animal proteins. Right. And so I'm like, let's jack it up. And and then we'll supplement if we have to, you know, as needed. Mm -hmm. And then so I have to tell them to eat more red meat. And then I told her, and I'm like, cool. So for the next eight weeks, while we're still in a strength and hormone repair phase. We need to be building fat and carbs and fat and carbs and fat and carbs. Like you want to go to regionals on your own so can do it, but you got to eat to do it. You know, my coach says this all the time. And I love it. He's always like, you have to earn your workouts. And if you don't earn your workouts, you don't get to do them. And that's one of the things I kind of taken over and told my clients too. And so we go in, weight stays or weight drops or weight goes up. And that's always a talk I have to have with my female clients, especially the bro- like if she's a broken CrossFit or just a broken female. Yeah. I don't even like to say broken. Not healthy. Let's say that. Broken's bad. It puts oh, like oh. A, just overworking, overtrained. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is why I pretty much only offer six months now of coaching because there's a 26, I think there was a finished study in 2016 where they found that. It takes a solid three to four months to repair the female neuroendocrine system before they can even go back into being healthy again. And so ninety days you
0: just create a habit. And yeah, and management. I think
2: males testosterone came up a little bit quicker than females. But for females to really get that neuroendocrine thyroid and everything functioning properly, it was a solid three months of repair. So, what does repair look like? No anaerobic fitness. I can tell you that right now. Drop your metcons. Like say bye to that. Bumping up carbs, bumping up fat, learning to, as my coach says, beast mode, you know, beast mode is great and all, but if you can't sleep through the night or enjoy time with your husband or wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, or your friends go out on a date, all these different things, what are you doing? And a lot of times that does mean women have to get uncomfortable. I went through this, you know, I went from when I was doing this to myself, I went from like 145 pounds to like 170. And that doesn't happen to everybody. I have a female that's been with me right now that we've completely reversed her over the last like eight months. And she's put on a solid 15 pounds, but it's been a ball muscle. Right.
1: Do you get females then that lean out when they start I do. Up working out harder, eating yep. more food, they get leaner and maybe lose that unwanted. We'll say and those last 10 pounds. Really, fat.
2: Yep. So a lot of times when I get, when I get clients that come to me and they show the common, just I've been, or, or the best for me is when I get people who've done bodybuilding shows and they're like, I'm trash. And I'm like, because you tried to cut, four times in one year and when you think of it when we think because fitness is the same way so we program or we should be programming a lot of trainers aren't doing this right now we should be programming six to twelve months out right in phases nutrition is the exact same way so my crossfit athletes i I train them that same way i'm like okay building phase now we're doing more anaerobic you get more carbs less fat all this different stuff a client comes to me they cut four times in one year and that does not give The hormones time to repair, you know, the neuroendocrine, it just can't. And so they've slowed down their metabolism. And, and people always say that they're like, well, I just have a slow metabolism. I'm like, well, you do because you did it. Like you do because you did it. And guess what? We can actually speed the metabolism up and reset it, but you have to do the long-term work. So I get clients that I always tell them like, you might lean out, you might gain weight. I can't tell you what your body's gonna do. N equals one. So it's I have clients that do. I haven't stopped doing CrossFit. They instantly lose like four to five pounds because you don't work
0: out at all. You say, no, no, no. You I do. Walk.
2: I do. I say walks, I say, you know, go squat, do some strength work. You can do strength work. You okay. can do strength work. And I put them on aerobic activity. And, and and that's what I hate right now is there's that fad like aerobic work sucks. Like no one does aerobic work. You're like, you lose your gains, bro. And I'm like, cool, your heart's a muscle. Like, can we talk about a happy mitochondria? Like, what about that? Do you want to play with your kids in 30 years? Because if not, by all means, keep doing what you're doing. So oh, I do so that. That's
0: fine. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: there's,
1: there's jiu-jitsu, that jiu-jitsu, yeah. I'm just dying. My body's just, <laughs> just my, So I got two things I want to ask here because we're running out of time. And I know Eve wants to do is like lightning round. Yes. Yep. Okay. So first of all, and I'll ask them both here so we don't get distracted. First of all, with that red meat. What about on the spectrum of the CrossFitters that are paleo and eating a ton of red meat, but it's all just muscle meat? Where, where are we looking at on the spectrum, and how is that affecting their thyroid as opposed to organ meat, liver, kidney, all that good stuff? Yep. Um, and then second question is – Let's do the first one first. Hold the second one. Okay. Yeah, okay. Fine, <laughs> so I'm like, that way we'll stay on track. Yeah, yeah. That way we'll stay on track. So what yeah, I'm going to say to nobody, that – Nobody doesn't eat anything but muscle meat, so how's that affect? Well,
2: eating. and it's yeah. not even, it's not even just their thyroid. It's everything. So let's look, let's look, bleh. let's look at inflammation. Yeah, yeah. What's their blood work look like? Yeah. I've never seen blood work. That's real good from someone eating red meat only yeah. for every meal over two pounds, three pounds a day. Right. Yeah. And so then I'm going to be like, okay, well, let's look at your blood work first and yeah. see how you're feeling. And then just introducing, all right, well, let's get some salmon in, you know, and when it's looking at with fat intake too, cause you had asked this. I keep nut intake low, and I'm always bumping fat from butter, oils, avocados, and meat.
0: You don't like nuts?
2: It's not that. It's just that I'm finding that people are over-consuming them, and the omega-3, 6, 9 ratios are getting way too out of balance. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of just inflammation because the polyunsaturated fatty acid intake is so high.
0: What's too much?
2: Right. Well, entire jar
1: of an butter. entire
2: jar of almond butter. Okay. You know, like two
0: to three cups of like mixed nuts every day. No,
2: that's fine. Yeah. You know, but or, or you it's just, just
0: like slinging like rich, frothing. But it's when people, yeah,
2: people are just like, ooh, <laughs> I'm gonna eat. And that's another thing. They're like, it's I'm eating healthy. two tablespoons of peanut butter, and I'm like, did you, you actually know what a
1: tablespoon is? Because you you're actually eating five. Like you're actually eating five. Like
0: six inches tall.
1: cashew butter in my shake, and I ate like nine tablespoons in between making the shake. I was like, I just ate half of this. Twelve dollar job of passion yep. one sitting, I and think, that's people yeah, don't—they
2: yeah. turn their brains off when they're eating, and they don't recognize uh, that. So then I'm like, all right, cool, so great that you're eating red yeah. meat. Let's add some fish. Let's add yeah. some tuna. Let's add some salmon. Let's add some chicken. Also get some chicken thighs, not just the freaking yeah, chicken breast. I'm like, can we also on the other end of the spectrum? I'm like, can everyone stop yeah, eating chicken breast? That's
0: thing. It is. People come to
2: me. They're like, I eat chicken, rice, and broccoli, and I'm like. Do you hate yourself? Like, why are you doing that? Or like, they're and like the I egg my whites, egg whites, right? and yeah. I'm like, I'm like chicken sperm. That's that's egg whites. I'm like, that's disgusting. Like, <laughs> you have to hate yourself to eat egg whites straight. You just have to, in my opinion. Um,
1: yeah, but it's my
2: friend said that to me the other day, and I was like, that's brilliant. You're so right, girl. Um, so
1: what about organ meat?
2: Organ meat, so great, so great. No one eats it, so I, I do get it anywhere. Really. Yeah, and that's it's really hard to find quality organ meat and to find quality organ meat and what to do with it. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, there are a couple companies that make beef liver tablets or capsules yeah. that I put clients on, especially my hypothyroid clients. Which,
1: which companies do you like? Mm, so, Vital
2: Proteins is one. And then the other one, is, I'm not going to find it in time. Yeah. We can
1: I'll, link, to we it, can link it. Yeah. This, I'll, I'll give a shameless plug here for one of my remote clients that has a company. Equip, Ooh, there you go. Equip just came out with a, a liver tablet.
2: Did today. they? So, I love their um, beef isolate protein.
1: Okay, yes. I love so, them. his protein. Yeah, is, I've talked about it before. Obsessed with it. It's the best beef way. It's ever the butt. Well, it's not way.
2: Don't call it way. Uh, it's not way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's beef
2: not. There's protein, no dairy. You're, no, you're it is right. their vanilla is phenomenal. Yes. Which, by the way, if you want to send me some, I'll take some. But <laughs> so <laughs> shameless, it's shameless, yeah. right there. No, so that Go is. Yes. But anytime someone has thyroid issues, there's also that conversion with vitamin A, yeah. and you're going to get vitamin A from beef liver. And it's a different kind than what you're getting from vegetables, right? So it's kind of essential. So I put people on beef liver, and all of a sudden, three weeks later, they're like, "Oh, energy is night and day." The and I'm like,
0: "You're not actually eating beef liver;
2: either one, either one, one, but I eat actual beef. I, I most." Eat it pretty it's pretty
0: tough.
1: It's pretty,
2: it's pretty tough. I don't do it. I. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: nope. So second question. Yeah. Um. What are, What are some like if people want to start kind of figuring out their thyroid health? What are simple th- things like? Heart rate, temperature, what should they be doing? You know, tracking on a regular basis. One or two easy things to start to implement.
2: Yeah. First and foremost is always blood work to me. Okay. I'm like, if you don't know what labs are saying, you don't know what's going on. So one thing that, so I'm training out of muscle nerds right now. They're out of Australia and they're also taking over my health and my fitness. And one thing that I've learned going through their courses and their program design is taking morning heart rate, taking your HRV, taking your morning blood pressure. Like, why are we not tracking people's blood pressures and waking heart rates? And I think that's just overall health, too. Yeah. So you, you help the body heal. You facilitate a healthier mitochondria. The thyroid's then going to start functioning better. But another thing they're looking at, too, is are they sweating? Are their hands and feet cold? Yeah. A lot of times you're going to get people, they're losing circulation in their hands and feet. They're cold all the time. They've got a thyroid issue. So resting,
1: so waking heart rate. What, what, what's a healthy waking heart rate? And maybe
2: what's a myth behind that, too? So a healthy waking heart rate. I would argue is around 50.
1: Okay.
2: Right? Yes. So you'll get people coming. I got a client that just came to me whose waking heart rate was 68. Okay. And I'm like, cool. Tell me about your morning.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: She's like, I wake up with anxiety. I'm like, no shit. Yeah. the yeah. heart rate's at 68 after sleeping, right? And she wakes up at four in the morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these different things. And so what we do is you're gonna see that in a lot of people who are just stressed as fuck. Yeah. And their blood pressure is gonna be like 140 over 80. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, why are we so high? I'm like, let's get that down, right? And so for people, they need to be recognizing like a lower heart rate's good. And I think one of the myths is people saying like, oh, a low resting heart rate's nothing to like think about. And I'm like, it's so important. Like, why are we not shooting to drop that heart rate down? Mm -hmm. And then once I get clients... And myself included, my heart rate was a little bit higher in the beginning. And once we get it down to like 50, 49, 52, that, you know, that range from like probably like 48 to 53, you're going to see clients sleeping better. You're going to see them feeling better. You're going to see them just overall liking life better. And then once they're healthy, you can start kind of increasing intensity, right? But if you're doing CrossFit and you're waking up or you're doing any high intensity interval fitness and you're waking up and your resting heart rate when you're waking up is like above 65, your body's literally screaming at you. You've got the data. Chill the fuck out, right?
0: What's cool about wearables now too is that people can just get an app. Yeah, on and the so and I it. use I get it right away. Or yeah, a bit or whatever. I use a
2: heart rate strap. I use Polar H10 with um. It's an app on your phone called Elite HRV, and a lot of people hate waking up in the morning and just throwing on a heart rate strap. I get it. They just came out with a finger one too. To help mm-hmm. yeah. so they're going to start releasing that soon. But I mean, if you're serious about figuring out what your body's doing, how parasympathetic and sympathetic you are, and it's not day to day. You know, you've got to look at the averages. It's the, why are you laughing?
1: Whatever. I like I'm always just resting and digesting. <laughs> just always, just like, just always just resting and digesting. Oh.
2: But you got you got to <laughs> know you're not, normal. The, oh, know not like, normal. the majority of people coming to me are like the majority of people coming to me are like. Shocked out in their sympathetic nervous yeah, system yeah, yeah. because we don't recognize. I heard a quote, it was um, I think it was Dr. Ben House, and he was like, If your workouts aren't the most stressful thing in your life, what are you doing? Yeah. And today we've got music overstimulating us all the time. Our phones are always going off, our friends are at our ear, our work job is adding stress, our kids are yelling at us You're so screaming.
0: The workout should be the hardest thing. Kind your of your workout,
2: workout should be the hardest activity in your day. And people are coming to me and they're like, Don't take my workouts. So, one of them, you know, it's kind of one of those. Yeah. This should be one of not the hardest. I like, like that. No, hold that. on, not the hardest. Let's rephrase it. One of the biggest stressors. Okay. Okay. So let's yeah, change yeah. the words. And I'm so,
1: patients, but,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but so I feel you there. But what we're looking at is people are just overstressed in all other areas. And they're like, well, don't take my workouts away. That's my like, me
0: yeah. so, okay, time. Now, like, an, That's an my trailer, safe drop, space. Stop, like, seven, nine, 15 times a day. And right? so they're
2: stressed oh, out yeah. and then they go to the gym and I understand it might be a mental escape for you, but it's still a stressor on the body.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, slamming weights around is still a physiological stressor and you've got to go, okay, where can we meet in the middle? And that's the thing I do with some of my clients. I'm like, where can we meet in the middle? What do you need and how do I make your workouts fit what you need? Little bite-sized. Little us. bite size, Because for most people, it's not gym is life. You know, yeah. like it is for us. This is our career. Yeah. But I get a lot of people that are just like, I just want to freaking feel better. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what do you like to do? How do we do it?
1: Makes sense. Are okay. you going to do your, I know you love this as rapid fire. Like, yeah. Unless you yeah.
0: got something else. No, man. This is, this is super yeah, yeah. interesting stuff. you good. Yeah. No, we're yeah. I'm okay. curious on
1: am the rapid fire questions. Oh God. Anyway, what is this? Fun, so like, we got like four minutes. <laughs>
0: I, I do want one thing. We ask everybody this and, and you've already kind of glanced at it, but I want to ask it outright. Like, what is your definition of health? What does a healthy body look like? What does it mean? Give me a, you know, one, two, three sentence summary of what that is. Yeah. For me, health is
2: feeling good in your physical, spiritual, and mental life. So I look at things of, are you happy? And are you doing what your body needs? So it's respecting your body. So finding that respect of giving your body what it needs is health. is turning off your brain to what media is telling you you should be doing. And actually honoring your body as not only a physical being, but a spiritual being as well. I
0: like it. Good. All right. Ready? So no. far? No. Okay. What are we doing? What are we no. doing? <laughs> what are you? These are quick. First thing comes to your head. Okay. 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 What are you best at? Ooh that's all eating okay sure (laughs) what do you suck at patience patience got it i'm real bad at patience this is a new one what is the number one thing the public or audience should do to maintain their health and fitness the one one thing hire a coach that knows what they're doing perfect i like it yeah what is your walkout song Dude, I can't answer that. That's way too hard. What? Just 1st you're at uh, first. You're walking out on stage. Everyone's about to listen to you talk all about body images. issues. you want this song. See, here's the problem. You walk on I'm stage.
2: so indecisive when it comes to this stuff because I'm like, what's the mood? Are we going for like intense? Are we going for like chill out?
0: Let's go with intense.
2: <gasps> I would probably. Mm, probably mm, mm, it's probably going to be like Under Oath. Like just like heavy screamo music. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? What did the- Under Oath. Under it's like Oath? this old not old, but this just heavy rock band like that's metal? like, not death metal, it's like screamo music that <laughs> that when I was like 16, it was super popular and today I'm like, I'm too old to listen to this stuff. Yeah, but I'm you. like, if we're getting intense, like, let's do that. I got some rap songs that
0: like, was on my iPod. I was like, what is this? Oh my God, I to listen to this. this song's terrible. Some of the rap I just can't handle because of the
2: words. I'm like, yeah.
0: this is so derogative. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Agreed. What is your favorite cartoon? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Favorite cartoon? Uh, it could be as a kid, it could be now. I watch cartoons all the time. So.
2: Lion King. Lion
0: King. Cool. <laughs> There's actually a really good. That's so alive. It's Pocahontas. Okay. It's <laughs> totally Pocahontas. Okay. They have the show called The Lion Guard, which is like Simba's son. It's all on Ooh, Do you have kids? It's so good. Yeah. That's why. Okay. Yeah. I would watch it totally. It's <laughs> to a good cartoon. Uh, if you weren't a like healthcare fitness professional, what would you be?
2: Well, I was a college professor and just finished doing that. I would probably go back to
0: that field. Okay. So teaching? Yeah. Teaching. Yep. I okay. love it. The last TV show you watched? The 100. I couldn't get into that show. I tried.
2: Man, you know, I just, uh, I got into it. it. It's like sci-fi. I shit. got I'm into like it. Like I love sci-fi.
0: Like I love sci-fi shit. I yeah. don't know why the Earth like has become uninhabitable, and they have this like space um, thing. And actually, they sent a hundred people down back to Earth to like kind of reinhabit it. Yeah, and, and like it, it was good, it was and then it got real slow. But I stuck in it. And now it's picking back up, and I'm I don't have time to really watch TV right now, though. To be honest. All right, all right, that's it. We're running out of time. Thanks, Rachel, for coming on. for this Sure, was a blast. If you love this episode, you love what we're doing. Please leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate everything. Talk to y'all later. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve, or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, or we do physical therapy and performance training please go check out madetomovept.com again that's made the number 2 movept.com thanks so much talk to you soon